Yo, chill. My man Alex Trebek has cancer, bro. Don't sit. Don't start. What is up with the goats coming down bro, this year, man? This is it's a year of legends. We're just like it's fucked right now, man. It's not good. This is like a fucked up way of thinking, but like every year I come up with my like list of who's going this year. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Why right would now. you? Why wait? Wait, hold on. Time <laughs> out. Why do you have a list of who's going? It's just nice. Like once you hit December, it's like I like look back on my list and it's like right, I got this. It's like March Madness, bro. It's like Death Madness. I make sure I got my picks in. I got. Like a, I got a whole bracket. I got say, like, oh yeah, this this man made it to the Sweet Sixteen, so he's still good right now. I got like. <laughs> I got like Warren Buffett, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the queen yo i'm saying right now the queen gone like the like the avengers she's gonna just disappear into ash <laughs> when 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 is this when are you calling this year uh, this year dog. this year's oh damn we getting grim on episode two bro <laughs> this is not i don't think this is what we apologize for listeners who uh are uh not not all about the death talk but you know this is something that happens who do you think is gone Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> he said, who you think is going to the title game, bro? <laughs> who's, making, who's making it to the pearly gates, bro? <laughs> We are Elmer and Momi coming at you live from Studio 506, and you are listening to Elmo's World. Before we hop into this episode, I just want to give a huge thanks to everyone who's been sending us kind words and encouragement and feedback after our first episode. We really do put a lot of thought and effort into these shows, so it means a lot to us that you guys are listening and enjoying the content. We are currently available on SoundCloud and Spotify, and iTunes is almost here. Um, you can also catch us on our Instagram. Our handle is at Elmo's World, E-L-M-O-H-S World. We're hoping to do a lot more interactive things through our Instagram and get you guys more involved with the program. We got a great episode lined up for you guys today. We have Josh Rajkumar, who goes by a stage name, JRK. He is a DJ and a longtime friend of ours and a friend of the show. Uh, so without further ado, here's JRK. I should give you like a DJ Envy intro. <laughs> it's your man DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are Elmo's <laughs> world. We got a special guest in the building. GRK. What's going on, player? What's up, fellas? What's up? It's been a minute. How you been, man? What you been up to? Good, man. Just hustling out here, you know? Back in Dirty Jersey. You caught those tickets to uh, Wade's last game? Yes, sir. Tomorrow? Going tomorrow night. Bro, there's something about this NBA season. It's mad emotional for, for no reason. It's yeah. like I'd be crying in like the third quarter because like Dirk <laughs> comes out and everyone's clapping. and like. The funniest part is he never even said he was going to retire openly, I don't think. No, nah, he never had a formal announcement. Everybody just feels like they're about assuming it. They're just like, yo, fuck it. He's about to retire. He should, he should double lap, bring it back next year. Yo. He's like, 
it's just funny because now you hear like the stuff with like Paul Pierce and like how he's like talking about how he's better than D Wade. And then you hear the stuff that Draymond Green said to him about like how he's not Kobe and that he didn't get no farewell tour because they don't love him like that. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that, that like, a couple yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, Draymond did. Yeah, Draymond said that a couple years ago in a game. And now you see like Dirk and D-Way getting all this love and you're like, dang, Paul Pierce should have done better, bro. Should have <laughs> done better. Truth. The truth. The truth. Nah, I mean, I think that uh, when Jalen went off on him after he said all that stuff, like he was right because he had nothing else to say at that point. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we. I don't even think we're anybody's going to debate that D-Wade is definitely better than Paul Pierce. Like, yeah. It's like, like, I don't think anyone's going to say any different. But yeah, it's pretty clear to see. But uh, for sure. What do you think about this MVP race, though? Oh, um, I'm be honest. I think uh, I think my man Giannis got it. I'm I'm riding with Giannis. You gonna be Giannis? I'm be honest. <laughs> I'm be honest. I think Giannis got it. That's my take for MVP I don't know. race. I mean, I'm not saying he's not deserving of it, but James Harden's just like. He's he's killing the game right now. I mean, oh for sure, for sure. In terms of even like game winners, uh, not recently, maybe like a couple months back, but uh, he was just murdering out there um, with the scoring title stuff, uh, just consistency. But the thing is, it's it's like I feel like it's one sided. It's just like only his offensive game for the most. Exactly. Part. That's why I think Giannis might have a better chance because, especially since the Bucks are first seed in the East. And like he's led them so well, too, right? exactly. Yeah, so he's doing so well. Um, so I like personally, I think he's my choice. I mean, I definitely agree. Harden definitely has a chance, but again, it's really his offense, not really anything about his defense that stands out. Yeah, that's true. It's a one-sided game. Well, one-sided for him. What are your sports betting predictions looking like this week? For those of you who don't know Josh, this man is like a prodigy when it comes to betting on sports. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I, I, do, I do mostly live bets only. So, you know, like while the game's going on. Um, but I'm definitely taking the Nets tomorrow against the Heat, that's for sure. Damn, you think D-Wade's <laughs> going to lose his last game? You don't uh, think he's going to pull a Kobe? Drop 60? Honestly, I hope he doesn't because it was kind of painful to watch that when in Kobe's last season, I was just like, "Really? <laughs> Come on!" He, he he half those points were just handed to him. Hey, but still, 60-60, man. I don't care. He's still a legend. He's still a legend. Don't get me still wrong. Still a legend. But, but uh, see, I remember that because that game it was Kobe's last game, and the Warriors trying to reach the best record in NBA history, like get seventy three wins. Yeah, they were right. coming on at the same time, and we were watching from. Uh, uh, Pelham, we were watching in Pelham downstairs. Oh, me and Elmer split screen. That that was wild. Wow. Watching that, bro. We watched some of like the most iconic sporting moments on the verge. <laughs> ridiculous. It's kind of stupid. It's kind of sad. We watched that uh, that Nova game. Yeah. Against UNC, those three like back to back to back threes. We were in yeah. like uh, Eccles Library, like in like a room watching that. Wow. I think I've stepped foot in Eccles maybe. Twice in my life. I haven't been back since I lived on the Vern. Nor do I have a reason to go back there. <laughs> like, not, I'm not saying I want to go back, but like, there's history. There's history there. For sure. <laughs> Did you copy your tickets for Endgame yet? Dude, I'm honestly not a huge uh, 
Huge fan, honestly. Ooh, what? Hot team. This is some old head, head shit, team. man. No, That's for real. For real. That's some old head shit, man. I, I mean, honestly, a lot of my boys and a lot of my friends are like crazy about it, but I'm not really that, that into it. Um, I am going to see us tonight, though. I'm going to see us. Bro, I would love, I would love to be talking about us on this podcast right now, but both of you haven't you watched it. Yeah, I saw oh, it. Wow. I saw it like opening night or like the wow. opening weekend. What, yeah. What's the rating? So here's the thing. A lot of people say <clears throat> it's either it's like 50-50 split on it. Some people say it's better than Get Out. Other people say it's worse than Get Out. But on yeah. a on a one to ten scale, I give it an eight. Wow. I mean, that's high. It's pretty high, bro. It's like it's like one of those movies where you're like on the edge of your seat from like twenty minutes into the movie right until the end of the movie, right until the credits. It was nuts. I was a little schmacked though when I watched it, so don't take <laughs> don't I mean, take my I'll word on that. Too. I'll be too. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be dead sober watching this shit. So, <laughs> so I'll give you I'll give you guys the real breakdown after I watch it. <laughs> Emmer was probably sitting in the theater like, oh my God, like the scissors. He's like blown out of his mind. Right, look, I was a little schmicked, but I wasn't. Opening credits, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> he's like reading all the names. He's like, wow, this is amazing. Have you kept away from the us memes? The spoilers? I actually, I don't think I've, I haven't, yeah, I guess. I haven't really seen many of them. It's so stupid. People, I don't know what it is about this generation. They love putting spoilers and like memes. So you'd be like watching, like you'd be like scrolling through your Instagram feed, and then like a surprise like spoiler just pops up out of nowhere. You can't you can't hide from it like you used to. Bro, it's so annoying. But I've been able to stay away from it, so I still got a little bit of time. I'm trying to see it as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm like rushing to see it because I just figured like it would be out of theaters within the next like few weeks at least. We'll see. I mean, I'm just like, everybody's has so much shit to say about it. So like, I really need to watch this because everybody's like, keep telling me like, yo, Mo, like, let's talk about us. And I'm like, yo, we not talking about us because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yo, so I'd be seeing on Instagram, you got the uh, the South Asian DJs collaborative. Yes, That's sir. Popping, right? uh, That's really cool to see. It's dope, man. Uh my boy DJ Insomnia started like this turntable talk event. So once a month, like a bunch of South Asian DJs get together. Um, you can register to like throw down a six minute set, you know, kind of show everyone what you got. Um, and then the past few events, they've had like a, you know, a speaker, someone who's like prominent in the South Asian DJ industry. And uh, yeah, it's super dope. It's great to see like everyone come together, you know. Is this like the first of its kind? Yeah, for, uh, as far as I know, this is the first of its kind. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Josh. See you. How many DJs are involved with it right now? Um, there, I don't think there's a accurate way to kind of gauge like that number. Um, but just to give you an idea, for each event we've had, I think between fourteen to. I want to see 18 or 20 DJs sign up to do a set. And in addition to that, um, you know, friends and family come through. Anyone's, you know, invited. It's not just only for DJs. So a bunch of other people come through. And then there's at least, you know, an additional 10 DJs in the crowd too. So like almost, let's say like 30. Yeah, that's dope. 30, 30 DJs in the building. And total people-wise, in terms of guest count, I'd say uh, 
anywhere from like sixty to seventy five sometimes. Right. And for all, for all our listeners in New York, like when's the when's the next turntable talk happening? Uh, so it's actually in Jersey, but oh, um, no, nah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're working on bringing it to New York at some point. Um, the next one is April twenty first, Sunday, April twenty first, at Perlay Nightclub in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I mean, Josh, since we're talking about your DJing and your music, I want to know. I don't know if you know what happened, like what Kodak Black recently said, judging from, or I mean, like connecting it to our episode one where we talked about Nipsey Hussle, but I don't know if you heard what he said. He was like, I plan to romantically pursue Lauren London and that he would give her a year to grieve. Uh, He was like, so for those of you that don't know, Lauren London is um, Nipsey Hussle's widow. And so Kodak Black got a lot of backlash for this. Um, LA Station Power 106 Radio actually decided to boycott his music like permanently. They're like, we stand with Nipsey Hussle. Um, we're not we're not going to play Kodak Black at all. So I wanted to know, like, what do you think about that? Do you think the backlash is warranted? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, first off, Power 106 is dope as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I think it's completely warranted. I feel like he's just kind of like a hype beast, and he's a troll too. So he just kind of, like, kind of leeches on to, like, whatever's popping or, you know, whatever's happening right now. And uh, similar to like six nine, I would say, yeah, how how six nine was. So I, I I feel like he might not really feel this way, but even if he does, he only said this publicly to you know have the the spotlight. So and that's so sad too, because I'm I'm be honest, I, I I like some of his music. I, I do like some of Kodak's music, but uh, it says Z shit. Yeah, it says Z shit, bro. Like it's it's that's a fire song, but like. I was so sad to hear that because I was like, wow, like how disrespectful can this new generation of rappers actually get? You're like he's talking about someone's widow. Like I was just like, that's just, that's just impossibly disrespectful. I couldn't take it anymore. It's like, damn. Didn't he also say that he should be mentioned with Pac and Big? Yeah, yeah, like, he bro. did. I was like, <clears throat> I was like, bro, no way. Yeah, like, he's, he's he's definitely going through something. Dude, like, himself. <laughs> someone someone hurt Kodak Black. And you'd like to know who, um, if you'd like to tune into the podcast and let us know who hurt Kodak Black to say all these out-of-pocket things, please let us know because something's definitely wrong with this, man. I can't, I can't do it with this. Um, Are y'all still listening to Kodak after this? Uh, Are we deleting Z's from the library? Can I Z. keep Z? Can I keep ZZ and then I'll delete everything else? I want to keep Patty Cake and that's it. I want to keep ZZ. Um, damn, what was it? What was the other track he had? I think it was like 2016. Oh, Roll in Peace. Oh, yeah. Roll in Peace. Yeah, that's fire. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that one. I'm gonna keep ZZ and Roll in Peace. I think those are. Yeah, two I, I think that, I'll be good with that. <laughs> How you feel about canceling like artists in general like that? Like after they do some like wild stuff, like think about like like R. Kelly and like Michael Jackson. How do you feel about canceling people based on things that they do in their personal life? Would you still like listen to their music? So, uh, I think it depends on the on the track and uh, the kind of like the message or the vibe of the track as well. Um, but I completely understand why people would cancel them. And as a DJ too, it's tough because honestly, I think most crowds are um, have bought into the side where we should cancel these artists. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, you can't even play those tracks anymore. But certain songs, I think, 
should be okay. Um, that's just that's just me though, just because it's all about you know the sound of it. It has yeah. nothing to do with you know who made it or how it was made. It's just about how it sounds and how you feel when you hear it. I think for me, it's definitely been like separating the art and the artist. Like, right. I mean, Chris Brown did some heinous stuff back in yep. the day, domestic violence and um, R. Kelly stuff, ridiculously that is like completely out of pocket. But I'm not gonna lie, Chris Brown is still on my playlist, and yeah. it is hard for me to to separate that. Um, like, he has a lot of good songs, but. Um, I think I definitely echo the sentiments you're saying about like people have the right to boycott their music, but I think just me personally, like, I think I try to separate the art from the artist as much as possible, specifically with like Chris Brown, Kanye, um, R. Kelly, not as much, but definitely those two, I think for me has been, I'm not going to lie. Like the Kanye stuff did get me tight just because I was like, what is he doing? Dude. Like, it's not even, it's not even something that people said happened in the past or something he did in the past. This is like current. Like it was just, I don't know. It was really weird. So weird. So weird. And I, I, I don't get why, where he's coming up with half of this stuff. It's like, you listen to what he's saying and you're just like, like how high can you actually get while talking about this? It's insane to me. But um, speaking of, uh, there's been a lot of new music that dropped Josh, like, what do you, what is your, what's on your playlist right now? Like, let the listeners know what we should be watching out for. Honestly, I'm still bumping the A Boogie album. Oh, nice. Still. Favorite track um, on it. What's your favorite track? What's the go-to? Uh, Swerving. Hey, okay. okay. I could listen to that song, and I have listened to that song, like, 10 times in a row. Just, like, nonstop. Yeah. That's that's but fire. That's fire. Not only does does like a boogie and six nine kill it, but uh, the production on the beat is just that's my favorite part. I would say. Yeah, I really like swerving. Look back at it. I think would be. Oh, look back at it. Star, 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 star tender. tender. I think star tender is a little too mainstream though. Like it's played everywhere now. Um, yeah, even even look back at it on the radio stations yeah, out here. It's starting to it's starting to not. come on way too much. So I'm like. Uh, I got to find a different song on this album to start listening to. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of what's mainstream, Josh, give me your thoughts on Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. The rap, hip-hop, uh, I mean, the hip-hop country crossover. What do you think? It bangs. I'm not going to lie. Banger. Absolutely banger. Like, uh, the production, again, on that beat is just insane. And the remix, too. The remix uh, is amazing. Billy Ray Cyrus has bars. Bro, that was amazing. When I heard his verse, I was like, wow, like this, if country music sounds like this, I will start listening to it every single day of my life. Like, Tell me what Billy Ray Cyrus knows about Fendi sports bras. Like, <laughs> I, that's, I think he, those, he obviously. Did he have a ghostwriter? He has a ghostwriter. Probably like Kid Rock or something. Kid Rock. <laughs> Yo. Do you think there's a space for for the rap country crossover? Um, I think people are definitely writing it because hip hop is like back on top now, and like uh, that sound is like what's hot right now. So, um, kind of just riding the wave. Yeah. But I think there is a space for that, and I think with any genre, even you know when house music and EDM 
was like really popular. Like I want to say maybe like starting in 09 up until like 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was doing the same thing. That's when like, you know, you heard Flo Rida on all these songs and uh, Pitbull on all these songs and even Akon. Like they're not like the most lyrical rappers, obviously, or hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of people kind of, you know, jump ship when hip hop wasn't hot any- anymore. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things, like, I feel like if you ask, like, a real hip-hop fan back in, like, 05, 06, if you ever ask them, like, do you ever think that, like, rap and rock could cross over? They'd be like, absolutely not. And then Jay-Z no and Linkin yeah. Park dropped one of the most outstanding yep. crossover albums I've ever heard in my life. And then it made it, like, people realize, like, oh, like, this could be, like, a reality. So I think I think that Lil Nas X might be opening the door for, like, the future of these crossovers in rap. That's a great point. I wasn't even thinking about it in the same light as uh, uh, the Jay-Z and Linkin Park album. I think that was like with The Rock specifically, because that was done before too with um, like Run DMC when they did it. Yeah, with uh, Aerosmith in like what, yeah. 1986, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think that has already kind of been started. But this, I, I think this is the first time that like country and rap was done pretty successfully because before it was like Nelly and Florida Georgia Line or Tim McGraw and Nelly and that sounded like an R and B song with like a country twang like it was not yeah. it was not right. that good um, but I think now like this song fire absolute banger let's do it all the time yeah and I saw that you know how like Genius does that uh like explain the lyrics things. Yeah. Like, I didn't know anything about this kid. And then he goes on, and, like, I think he's, like, a legit, like, country boy. Like, he had a cowboy hat. He's talking about, like, cowboys and, like, horses and stuff. And, like, this is, like, his real That's life. what I heard, too. That's what I heard, too, that he's yeah. actually, like, basically a cowboy. Yeah, like, when I heard the track, I was like, oh, maybe he's just doing it for, like, the clicks. But, like, he's, like, for real, for real about this country boy life. <laughs> Which is surprising, too. It's, like, when you hear the song, at first you're like, oh, like, this is a rap song. And then you hear that that first verse – and it kind of sounds like, uh, I don't know the name of that song. It's like, baby, lock them doors and turn the lights down. Look, that shit. And I was like, wait a second. Like, is this, like, where is this coming from? I don't know where he got that from. But it's, I think it worked really well. What is that song called? Does anybody know? I don't know what that no, song is. You're asking the wrong people, bro. Yeah, that's also fair. That that's song, also fair. <laughs> that's not really the niche of this group. But <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. I'll figure out what that shit's called. Um, what are your favorite Nipsey Hussle songs? R.I.P. Oh, uh, last time that I checked off a of victory lap. Um, Love that track. That last is that is the track for me. Do um, features count, or you, do you just want like solo tracks? Yeah, we do features. Too. I would say his verse on "You Broke" by YG. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. The classic. I think I last time that I checked, and then I actually really like uh, the one he just released, um, "Racks in the Middle." Racks, yeah, that's a dope track. Because like with, with Rodney Rich, I also like Rodney Rich sound too. Yo, he's dope. He has he's, a couple of tracks with, uh, I think it's Marshmallow, or he has one. Yeah, track with Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Um, dope. And he's he's really good too, like in his own right. Um, his song like uh, "Die Young," really yeah. good. Um, Die Young, dope. But in terms of Nipsey Hussle, I think Rack's in the middle and last time I'm checked, for sure. I think uh, mine is probably uh, Grinded on My Life. 
Ooh. Oh, you go. I think I think that's off the first victory lap. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Of the first one. Yep. Okay. Good choice. Great yeah. choice. R.I.P. R.I.P. to the man, the legend. Um, I'm gonna take a quick break and talk about something that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, we're gonna be doing a live podcast at SAS's um, comedy show event for Happy yeah. Govindan. This is gonna be definitely a new a new space for us. We've we're only like two episodes in and we're already we're already getting ready to take this thing live. But yo, like thinking about like South Asian comedians, JRK knows a little bit about being a South Asian comedian. Uh, oh but, man. But no, nah, I was I was about to say, um, like when you think about like the impact that Russell Peters had on like growing up as a kid, because like it was like when you had like bullies in school, it's like they would always give you like that Apu from the Simpsons like accent. And it was so it was wild, yeah. corny. And then Russell Peters comes along and he does the same thing, but he's cool and he's funny. And like, he's like, it showed me as a kid, it's like, yo, if I can own this shit, like they can't get to me. Cause like I could hit right back yeah. with that same accent. Like I can own that and they can't get to me. Like I'm invincible at that point. That's so true. Yeah, I remember, okay. I remember the first time I saw Russell Peters video on YouTube. That was like when YouTube was like, you know, I guess pretty brand new mm-hmm. at that point. But um, I thought that was like the funniest thing I ever heard the first time I saw it. True. Um, but no, yeah, you're right. It made it like, I feel like once you're comfortable enough to like make fun of yourself, then no one could really like get to you, like you said. It was it, like, that was also huge because, you know, being a man with a, a turban and a beard and like, just because it wasn't post 9-11 directly, that's those sentiments were always still there. But like even Russell Peters would just make fun of that stuff and like make fun of himself for those kind of things. So it was it definitely helped having a South Asian representation in comedy because then you were just like, oh, like, look, like this is this is hilarious. It's not just like someone can use this against me. Like I'm just going to be I'm just going to use it on my myself and then what are they going to say it's like it's like that last verse uh last rap eminem had an eight mile it's like he just roasts himself so that nobody can say anything about him exactly put all your insecurities out there and then that's it and then and then he of course opened the door to like aziz ansari hassan minaj all these oh, yeah, guys uh, and definitely there's others i just don't know all their names but they're still he definitely, Russell Peters definitely started that. And I think definitely helped like South Asian people, South Asian men in particular, be a lot more comfortable with their culture and, and their insecurities growing up for sure. People recycle those jokes to this day. Like those same jokes about like our dads, like we all mm-hmm. make those same jokes and it kills every yeah. single time. Yeah, I think it's uh, his delivery too. And like, uh, just like, the detail he provided in his jokes too, which is what, when he makes you think about like your own um, experiences with your own family or your friends' families and stuff like that. It's just like, it's like real shit. It's not it's even like- For sure. You know. Yeah, I was about to say like, if you like, you watch like, you, I think you were about to say this, but like you watch like Hasan Minaj and like for me, the appeal of Hasan Minaj isn't there because I see like Russell Pierce. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, like those are the same jokes. Like it's, True. Just yeah. does like the same jokes, and then he adds like the little political twist to it. So it's like it's like aimed at that millennial like woke crowd, and like it's cool and all. But like I don't know, I just keep seeing like the same jokes repeated over and over again. It's like yeah, like I get it. We all have tiger parents. Let's come up with something new now, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I was gonna say about um, 
like in terms of Hassan Minaj, I totally echo those sentiments. I was going to say like, uh, just rain has a lot of the, those same things yeah. too, you know, like that same style. Um, I find him funnier than Hassan, maybe just cause turban beard connection. I, I feel for my <laughs> brother. I'm like, yeah, I got to support my man, but like, it's definitely that same style. And I think it's being copied by each comedian because he was like the first one to do it. Think about if we were to hop on this podcast and like record a whole show where we just talked about like how strict our parents were with like exams and tests and stuff. I'm sure people would love it, but like we don't want to put out that kind of lazy content. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, there's only so much you could say without repeating yourself. Yeah. I want to be a bit more original. That's why we're, we're talking about the guys who did it rather than doing it ourselves. Facts. All right, so we're reaching the end of our program here. Uh, I just want to give a huge shout-out to Josh, and thank you for hopping on the show with us today. Thanks for having me, fellas. Always a pleasure. Uh, you got anything you want to plug for the audience? Uh, nothing really. No public events coming up. It's all mostly weddings. But uh, definitely next time. Hopefully it'll be next time. I'll be on here. Hopefully I'll have, have something to plug then. And like I said before, we have the live show for the South Asian Society on April 23rd at 7 o'clock in the 3rd floor amphitheater of the Marvin Center. Come through. It's going to be a great time. We're going to be able to interact with you guys for the first time. Um, outside of that, thanks for tuning in for episode two. We'll see you all next week. Peace.